Welcome to Get Your Shift Together, hosted by Michelle Ferrari. As an executive and leadership coach, Michelle's mission is to support you on your leadership journey, whether you lead a team of 5,000 or are seeking to improve your own self-leadership. Michelle's approach is to guide you in understanding the impact of your choices and actions and help you shift those choices and actions to align with your goals. Michelle's humor and expertise will leave you wanting more. I hope you're ready to jump in because it's time to get your shift together. Hello and welcome back to Get Your Shift Together with Michelle Ferrari. I've been asked to co-host a few episodes. My name is Jordan Harding and we are so happy to have you here with us. This is part two of our discussion about where we are as leaders and where we are going as we all continue to push through this global pandemic. Let's jump back into the discussion. Are you worried uh, or when you when you look for leaders? So there were three stages I think people were talking about with the pandemic. One was the shelter in place stage. Mm-hmm. One was, uh, or two was the reopening phase, which I has taken far longer than anyone imagined. And then three is the, the <laughs> post-pandemic stage. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, do you have any thoughts on what the new normal will look like in terms of the way leaders will lead? And I don't know if you have their your own list of traits that you think will be important. I think the most successful leaders will display empathy. I think they will display integrity. And I think they will display a vision beyond organizational results. And I think we are seeing snippets of that already. Long long before the pandemic, I think the pandemic would has accelerated it. Um, it was interesting. I was talking to a president of a, of a company the other day and, and congratulating him on his response with his team because he's, he's really done a tremendous job. And he said to me, that's just table stakes. I don't, I don't get it. Like, how can everybody not be doing this? It's just table stakes. And I, you know, if I, if, if it hadn't been COVID, I would have kissed him on the forehead and given him a big hug because that like, that's, that's the new leadership. And as simple as a small business owner, you know, I'm doing my best to support local businesses. And, and um, obviously my hairdresser has been shut down for a long time, but they were giving out hair coloring kits that you could do for yourself. And so I picked it up the other day. And for my colorist, I gave um, him a tip. And, um, and then I said to the salon owner, here's, and here's something for you. And, you know, I mean, in the big scheme of things, this man is underwater. So it wasn't, it wasn't very much. It was like, like I gave him a hundred dollars and you know what he looked at this guy who, you know, hasn't had any money to pay his rent and, and is, has just wondered if his business is going to stay afloat. I could actually get really emotional about this. So I give him that. And, and I said, this is for you. Just buy yourself something nice, like don't do something. And he looked at me and he said, are you okay if I share this with the team? Wow. Come on. 
on, right? Like, come on. And I just like this man who has been hammered and the stress and he, he put team first. That's the leadership that's going to change our world. That's the, and I, and I think that's emerging Jordan. I really do. I don't think we have a groundswell yet, but it's there and I'm excited about it. So large business, small business. Oh my, oh my goodness. Isn't that amazing? I was just so, so excited. Well, and I, 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 that's an incredible story. Um, Isn't it? And the fact that that man put team ahead of everything else is, I I hope that that's where leaders are going to go post-pandemic. Do you think there's a chance from the leaders you speak to? Well, and I'm sure the leaders you speak to are all pretty pretty great people because they're speaking yeah. with you but but do you think there's a chance that people just go back and, and forget some of the lessons they've learned yes for sure and and do you think the traditional individual contributor or it's all about me how do we how do we stop that world from coming back when it comes to a leader leading a team and self leadership but it's about groundswell. So do I think that there's a risk that we go back? Sure, because I'm not sure we've left it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's still a lot of bad leaders out there. One of the things that I love about my job is that I have job security. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of people that need support, but it's about groundswell and growth is iterative. So so yeah, you know, the, the best of us are going to get pulled back. This lovely salon owner who who put his team first you know, two years from now is going to be having a bad day and it's going to lose it on his team. And that's old behavior. And, but that doesn't mean the growth hasn't happened. So when I talk about shifting, it's an iterative process. And so what you want is growth, recognizable growth, on a day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year basis. And so I think we'll still see remnants of of the old style of leadership for a long time to come. But what I'm going to be doing is focusing on the growth stories, the evolution stories, the shifting stories. And I think the more we feed on that, the more we become part of part of the shift and then you get a groundswell. And I you know, a lot of uh, folks, we always do this, I, I guess, as we grow older, we like to look at the generation behind us and go, oh, man, like, there's always something to say about the generation behind us. And I think the generation coming up right now and do not like I can't name it because there's so many freaking names now of generations behind me. I think I think they're wiser than us. And I think that they are more committed to things beyond themselves than we, than I, my generation ever was, because you're not in my generation. And so I'm excited about that. And that groundswell, you know, when you're searching for employees and employees are going to be demanding change, leaders will have to shift. I, I just read an article about Goldman Sachs. So there's a, there's a review committee at Goldman Sachs and, and the young analysts are working 95 hours a week. And that 
you know, it's trauma inducing. So there's mental health and there, and there, so they've, a committee was formed and a report was done and, and the CEO of Goldman Sachs came out and said, we're listening and we're looking for solutions. Okay. (laughs) So to that gentleman, please call me because I've got some ideas for you. And I think what's going to happen is why are you working there? What, what, no. And I think that's shifting because there are a lot of organizations that are doing better than that. And you've got to figure out what your values are and then make sure that you're working for an organization that mirrors those values. That, if there was one piece of advice that I was giving, that's what I would say. Know your values and mirror those values in the organization um, that you're going to work for. And as that comes into fruition, because I really, really see it starting now, I've got a lot of hope for the younger generations. I think organizations are going to be forced to change. When you first said that, of why are you still working there, my head went to because I'm in investment (laughs) banking and because I want to make a lot of money and this is just what I have to do. Mm And so I think, like you said, if their values is all about making that top dollar, maybe that is what they want to put up with. And then you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So, right. Like this is, this is, and I know people aren't going to like this answer, but be the solution. Don't be part of the problem. So you can't, you know, you've got it. You have to figure out what's important to you. And then you have to honor that. We always want other people to honor us when we do a shit job of honoring ourselves. And if that's not working for you, either be the change. So this group of people came together, right? And they're saying like, enough is enough. And you know what they're asking for? This is what, this is what's cracking me up. No more than 80 hours a week. Well, really? good for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mark improvement. Right? Um, well, I guess when you think about it, it's what would too- you say? What would you say to that gentleman leading the company who who just says to you, "Well, Michelle, you know what? That's what I did, and that's how I got to my position. So suck it up." I would say, get your head out of your ass. And there were a lot of things that happened over our lifetimes and over generations that no longer happen because that's not okay anymore. Because we've evolved, human beings evolve. And that means organizations need to evolve. So just because you had a terrible experience doesn't mean the people behind you have to have a terrible experience. It's not like, that's what we want to go with. Okay, well, so that means countries experiencing poverty are always going to stay in poverty because, hey, that's what I had to put up with. Or countries where apartheid was um, the norm. And, you know, some would argue still is. Well, that's what I had to put up with. So that, that's not who we want to be as a people, as, as humanity. Like seriously, no. any leader that says that, well, that's what I had to do when I was like five years old, I had to walk uphill with no shoes in a snowstorm. Like, well, do better. Evolve, yeah. uh, evolve past your stories. That's what I would say to him. Please, can we, can we get him on the phone? Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun. And I mean, oh yeah, that's God. part about, that's part of making the shift. And I think the example you made with countries in poverty, just, is so clear because we're not going to just say, well, that's the way it's going to stay. Um, it's ridiculous. So you have to evolve. Yeah. And I love it when organizations are confronted with something terrible because 95 hours a week is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. 
and we're looking for solutions. Okay, I have one. Mandate, you're the CEO and you are making millions of dollars a year because of your decision-making capability and your vision and your ability to make shit happen. Like, let's be honest, like you're a powerful person. So here's an idea. We will no longer be working more than 70 hours a week. Anyone forcing people to work more than 70 hours a week, I gave them an extra 10 just because that's the kind of generous person I am, um, will be dealt with. Here's the hotline. Call my secretary, uh, executive assistant. Mm -hmm. It's not that freaking hard. It is not that hard. Like this is, this is the example of what I love. So black lives matter, right? Like 2020, man, what a year, right? So black lives matter. Just the, the, the way that we have been overtly and what's the opposite of overtly. Exactly. Not overtly. Um, Um, (laughs) Treating people of color, like, and so they rose up finally. And again, actually, again, because they've risen up many, many times. And I laugh now because I, I, whether it's my Instagram feed or magazines or advertising, whatever it is, there are people of color now everywhere. Like everywhere. Like I would actually say, I don't know if this is true, so I might get in trouble for this. There are more people of color on magazine colors than there have ever been. Like, and I, I would say dominant. Like I, I counted one time on my, on my feed. And I was like, see that, that wasn't that hard. Like you're, you're responding to a social uprising and you're trying to make good because people were making you feel bad. And suddenly you were able to put people of color everywhere. Like don't lead by crisis. See what, see what we need as an organization, as a country, as humanity, and then lead based on that vision and don't make it harder than it has to be. Like all of a sudden we had lots of black models and, and people could finally put, no, they were just forced to give a response. So it wasn't that hard. And I, and so I would say to the leader of Goldman Sachs, suck it up, make some changes. You suck it up. (laughs) Yeah. And and what you're saying is that making those changes and, and putting those people to the forefront, say these black models only yeah. happened when there was that crisis. Exactly. And, and it, and it, the flip of the switch did not take a lot of effort and it could no. have been done far before that. Way before with a person mm-hmm. of, with not a person with people of vision. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Maybe we'll leave the first, first collaboration at that. Lots of interesting stuff in there. Do you have any parting thoughts? Well, we've covered a lot of topics actually, but so it was, where do we go from here? And and what I would say to people is make sure that if you're leading, if you are leading a group of people, make sure that you're beginning with taking care of yourself mentally. So I I would call on every leader big and small organizations to start to introduce rituals into their life that care for their mental health. 
because when when we care for our own mental health, we then have more capacity to care for the mental well-being of people that are really counting on us. And and there are burdens ahead, guys. There's no there's no doubt about it. If you're a leader, there is some there are some weighty times ahead of us. And in order to make sure that you're prepared for that, start engaging in in a mental gym and make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And when you fill up your cup, you're going to have a lot of of energy and time and empathy for people that you need to support. And I and I wish everybody well. I think we're I think we're on an exciting journey, but I think the next couple of years are going to be hard. And um, please take care of yourselves. Yeah, thank, thanks, Michelle, for that, because it is going to be a, a long journey, even with these vaccines rolling out. And 100%. if we can take care of our own mental well-being, you know, we're, we're there for others. If we're empathetic to ourselves, we can be empathetic to others. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to follow Get Your Shift Together on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and visit michelleferrari.org to learn more. This has been Jordan Harding with Michelle Ferrari reminding you to get your shift together. Join us next time.